Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Two guys talking sports from a fan's perspective. I just like I just like what Carolina's putting together. You, I mean, their quarterback is better than Chad Henney. So Cam Newton's better than Chad Henney. So would you say at the end of the season that you're willing to say Carolina's going to have a better record than uh, than uh, the Dolphins? I think so. I think okay. I think Carolina would have a better record than the Dolphins because the Dolphins have a tougher division in the AFC East. So are we taping this? Okay, so yeah, end of the season. I want to I want to go back to that one because I'm not buying Cam Newton is good, but I, Cam Newton is good, but I'm I'm just I'm not buying him as a quarterback as far as leading them to the the. the Promised land or, or winning season. I'm not buying it. It's Ryan Boyd Fisher. This is the RF Sports Show. Coming at you twice a week, only on Deep End Media, Cutting Edge Entertainment. Hey, this is Roddy B from the Dallas Mavericks, and you listen to our sports radio. Welcome, everyone, to RF Sports Radio. I'm your host, RF, Rock Fisher. I'll be joined by my co-host, Royce Fisher, here in just a second. And we've got a power-packed, full of sports, full of controversy, full of scandal, hour-long program tonight. We're going to get into a little bit of everything. We'll review the NFL Week 9 and go over some of the key games from this past week and also some key questions going into Week 10 as well. We'll get into, of course, Penn State, the big scandal, the Sandusky scandal, and how it affects the legacy of Joe Paterno. We'll also talk a little bit about what's happening with the Rangers in the offseason and the story they broke about their locker room in the World Series. We're also getting getting talks about Tiger Woods and C.B. Williams and the latest on the NBA lockout, so stay tuned. We have a full power-packed, hour-long show for you guys. Let me bring on my co-host real quick, Royce. And, Royce, first of all, welcome to the program, sir. How are you today? I'm doing fine right now. How are you doing? I'm glad to be back on the air during the week and, uh, you know, exciting to be here again. And, man, we have a big, 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 big day of sports. Man, we have a huge day of sports today. I mean, so much going on. We really don't have a lot of time, so let's get straight into it. We start with the latest, and today the latest in sports is being brought to you by ExecutePT.com. That's ExecutePT.com. Log on to ExecutePT.com. That way you have a chance to see how you can stay in shape throughout the holiday season. And if you have a New Year's resolution to try to lose weight for the new year, you might as well get started now to so log on to ExecutePT.com. Dot com or log on to our website, rfsportsradio.com, and you can find a link to executept.com right there. The latest in sports, Albert Hainsworth. Of course, we know he used to be a Tennessee Titan. He was a Washington Redskin. Went on to the Patriots where he thought he could get his act together, finally get a chance to get back off on the field and play. But he has been cut by the Patriots today, Royce, and apparently – it has to do a little bit with what they're, they've experienced and so far on defense. They do have one of the worst defenses in the NFL. They have five guys playing really two positions, and they figure, you know what, we can go ahead and cut bait with Hainsworth. And he did get into it with a coach on the sideline this past Sunday. Right now, you know, I'm, I'm kind of surprised by that. But, you know, uh, the word came out of the camp that he was uh, a struggle in the third quarter in the New York game. And, you know, he – I don't know what happened. I watched that game, and to me, the whole team struggled. But Belichick said it was a part of the rotation thing, the reason why they took him out. But I think it was on that 10-yard run where they scored a touchdown. But uh, I, I, I'm not surprised. You know, Belichick does that from time to time. He did the same thing, you know, last year. So I'm really not surprised. Yeah, and and, and it, it really begs the whole question as well, too, because about not just Hainsworth, but also for Ocho Cinco also. He went over to that team, and he hasn't 
done anything for the Patriots. He's been unable to produce, and they couldn't get anything out of Hainsworth. And you know what? Ocho Cinco could be next as far as another Patriot that's cut. We've seen them cut Randy Moss, and at least Randy did a lot more than what Ocho Cinco's done. Yeah, and, you know, I, and also I think he was sending a message to the team. You know, they, they, they played poorly in that game, the, the, the offense and defense, and they lost two in a row. But, you know, it's a good yeah. way to shake up the team, good way to get somebody's attention. But, you know, he only played – Ainsworth only played in six games, started. He had three yeah. solo tackles and no sacks. So, you wow. know, he's looking at a backup player. Out of 501 yeah, snaps, he only played in 133, so that's not even half, you know. Yeah. And plus, he was to earn five, $5.4 this season. But, you know, he dropped down and took that – a, a lesser salary he took like one point five million, you know. Mm-hmm. But next year he would do six million dollars. So, uh, you know, they won't get rid of him anyway. Yeah, yeah, might as well get rid of him now. In other uh, latest uh, sports news, a break. Terry Francona, as you guys know, was the former manager of the Boston Red Sox. They let him go over some locker room stuff, and we'll talk about some locker room talk here a little bit later. He does get an interview with the St. Louis Cardinals. He may be taking over the St. Louis Cardinals job. I think we can both agree that he is a pretty good manager. I mean, he takes a team that has been cursed for so long in baseball to two World Series, and the St. Louis Cardinals might be a good fit for him. Man, what a dream job for any coach. You know, they just won a World Series. So they really are a good team, and, and, and the way they got there, you know, you can tell these guys don't give up. The problem will probably be is keeping Albert Pool off. That's going to be the big thing. Yeah. That's going to be the big thing. Yeah. Keeping Pool off is going to be the big thing. Yeah, it's a great job for any manager. Of course, that job is open. Also, the Cubs job is open, which the Rangers pitching coach, Mike Maddox, is supposed to interview for that job here tomorrow, and he could be a shoe-in for that job. That would definitely hurt the hurt the uh, Rangers, I'm sorry and give the Cubs a chance to get someone that people all around baseball think is going to be the next good manager to go. Speaking of the Rangers, they had a little something happen to them this week that we haven't had a chance to talk about on our show. And they had someone in their locker room, a guy that's an employee, travels with the team, was at the World Series game for Game 7 in the locker room before the game and actually recorded Ron Washington's speech for the players right before the game. He took that that tape recording and gave it to a friend. A friend gave it to a blog for them to put it on their blog, and now it's out in the open. They got the whole locker room speech, everything that happened in the locker room. They got Michael Young talking. They have Ron Watson talking. They have, you know, a lot of colorful language that is only used in the in the clubhouse. And, and it kind of came out, so everyone got a chance to hear it. But, Royce, I want to ask you just about how sacred is the locker room for a team? You know, we talk about baseball. They say that's the most sacred locker room of all. But how sacred is it in the locker room, especially going to a big game like a game seven? And then what should happen to a guy that does record this and puts it out to the media? Uh, number one, I think it should be prior. Uh, number two, when you're in the World Series and it's the seventh game, anything said in that locker room, and you have to pop your players. This is very emotional time. You know, in the locker room, what happened in the locker room before the game, or even after the game, should stay there. That's between the players and the coach. I think the guy should be fired. It shouldn't have never got out because, you know, it it, that, that's, it don't get any bigger than that. The seventh game yeah. in the World Series, you know, emotions are running high. You're trying to prop the guys. A lot, of people share, a lot of things were said on before the game, on the field, and after the game. So right. I, I think that, right. yeah, I think he should be fired. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. He should definitely be fired. And there's, there's nothing more, you know, sanctimonious than, you know, in the, in the sports world than that actual locker room. That is sanctuary for the players and for the coaches to say exactly what they want to say and not have it get out into the media. Very surprised that this even happened or that someone made a bonehead decision to put it out there to the public. It was just dumb to be in there trying to record, you know, that locker room. Me and you have been in locker rooms before, and we have never had a chance to be in a locker room during anything major like that. And you're right, Rodney. And a lot of things we're in the locker room, we don't bring out of the locker room or we don't report. 
You know, like yeah, I said, that's that's, <laughs> that, that's some privacy. You know, some things are, are not meant for everybody to well, Yeah, no doubt. And the other uh, latest sports news, the NBA players and their representatives, 29 out of 30 of the teams, they reject the NBA owner's offer. We'll get into a lot more of that a little bit later. We'll talk about what that means for the NBA and if there will be a season. And the only real action we have tonight as far as scores updates you on is the NHL. Quick scores from the NHL. The Dallas Stars beat uh, Washington 5-2. to Carolina loses to New Jersey 3-2. Edmonton over Montreal, 3-1. Colorado loses to Detroit, 5-2. St. Louis over Chicago, 3-0. Buffalo over Winnipeg, 6-5 in the overtime game, a shootout there. And in the second period, Nashville and L.A. are tied. And in the third period, Minnesota and Calgary, Minnesota's up 2-0 over Calgary. Now, let's jump to the NFL and start out with their first. Ronnie, let me say this. If basketball doesn't get out of the way, it's going to be a lot of people turning to the NHL. So I may be yeah, one yeah. of those guys, you know, that do that. Especially if there's no basketball. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, and, and we got we got a lot to talk about on that basketball front because, as you know, our show we talk a lot of basketball. Usually around this time of the year, we're talking a lot of basketball, but unable to do that, and we'll get into that. Later in the show, let's jump to the NFL real quick. And our NFL coverage is being brought to you by the Football Fans Network. Log on to rfsportsradio.com and click on the Join Football Fans Network picture on the right-hand side. It'll take you to a network of all 32 teams. You can pick your favorite team or whatever team you want to cover and get the up-to-date information about that team in particular by joining the Football Fans Network on rfsportsradio.com. Quick, let's go through some of the highlights for week nine. And I want to start with a couple of key games. One game I want to start with is this Monday night game that was just last night between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Chicago Bears, a a game that the Eagles really had to win. They lose that game 30-24 to to the Bears. They fall to 3-5. They're 1-3 at home. So uh, let's talk about it quickly. Are the Eagles done? Is is this it for the Eagles? The dream team that everyone thought was going to be a Super Bowl contender, win the NFC East, win the NFC, now they're 3-5 and and have a very tough schedule ahead of them. Are they done? Well, there's no way that the Eagles could outright win the title unless New York and Cowboys go absolutely winless in the next couple of games. But I, the only way they could possibly get in would probably be a wild card. But I don't see their chance. What I did see was a very good Bears team that everybody takes for granted every year. And every year they seem to make the playoffs. I think this Bears team is really a surprise a sleeper this year. Well, I, I had picked the Bears at Ridgeland to win the NFC North, so I, I'm I'm – Glad they're playing better now. I don't think they can catch Green Bay, but they are playing very good. They're going to be in that wild card hunt, and if the Eagles have any chance, they got to play for the wild card hunt as well. They can't lose games like this against a team like the Bears that's going to be playing for a spot just like they are. And I think right now you have to say that their chances are, are done. I mean, they're 3-5. and five. They're behind, of all people, the Cowboys. They got the one win against the Cowboys. They have a win against the Washington Redskins, but that's really it. I mean, they, they, they have a tough schedule ahead of them. They still have to play New England. They got a lot of games that they have to play that they they have to win these games, especially NFC games, and I just don't see it happening. The way they're playing, it takes a, it takes a while for a team like that to mesh together, and I don't see it happening. It's week nine of the season, they still haven't gotten on the right page. Well, yeah, it's definitely, you know, this was the team expected to go all the way to the Super Bowl, and it's a big disappointment. It's a lot of stars, you know, on that team, but they not seem to be gelling. And it kind of reminds me of your team, the Cowboys, with a lot of stars that aren't necessarily gelling. So, you know, just because you have a lot of stars don't mean it's going to always work. You know, we've seen this in other sports, too. You know, if you take the uh, Miami Heat, you know, that's supposed to have been a championship team. Of course, now they feel short. But, you know, not not to take anything away from the Bears, they played a great game because 
Philadelphia just come out there wearing off Dallas. I know they were riding on the high. But nobody yeah. expected this Bears team to dominate as much as they did. And and like I said, they, you got the good Jay Cutler, you know, Monday night and not the the bad Jay Cutler. But uh, this Lovey Smith has these guys playing football. You can't never count Chicago out. They could possibly meet Green Bay. And all they had to do is take one win, you know, when you get in the playoffs. So they could have a good day that day. So I'm not going to take yeah. anything away. I just say that the Chicago Bears are a great team. Yeah, and let's talk about let's talk about Jay Cutler real quick. You saw his performance on Monday night. You mentioned how well he played. He threw two touchdowns. Last game he played Philadelphia last year, he threw four touchdowns. And for the first time in 30 games, Royce, he was not sacked in the game. Right. You know, yeah, I was Chicago Bears, which is that's huge. I mean, that's huge. But let me ask you about his play specifically, not including you know the line. And just look at what he's done these last two seasons. Came under a lot of fire last year during that NFC Championship game by taking himself out of the game. Came back this year, had the poise, stood in the pocket, took the sacks, sacks early on. The line's starting to play a lot better. But is Jay Cutler, in your opinion, what they call an elite quarterback? Is he up there with his peers? When we're talking about Phillip Rivers, everybody thinks he's an elite guy, though he's taking a step back this year. We're talking about Aaron Rodgers. We're talking about... Tom Brady, Drew Brees, is color up there with those guys? No, not quite yet. I, my, my, what I consider elite quarterback, and we had to judge him like we did Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning broke all kind of records, but he wasn't considered, you know, a great quarterback, elite quarterback until he won the Super Bowl. I'm gonna put that same tag on Jay Cutler. I don't consider him elite until he absolutely take his team to the Super Bowl and win one. He's a good quarterback. You know, there are a lot of good quarterbacks in the league. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Fitzpatrick with Buffalo is a great quarterback. You know, uh, and I can name a, a lot of them. Tony Romo's broke, has broken all the Cowboy records, but I don't consider him elite. Until Jay Cutler gets the Super Bowl, I don't consider him one of the elite quarterbacks. But you know what? what I think Jay Cutler is starting to make strides to become and lead quarterback. I don't think he's there right now yet. I'm like you. He's got to do it a little bit longer. He's got to get him to the Super Bowl, get a win in there. I mean, this team was in the Super Bowl with Rex Grossman, at quarterback, not with Jay Cutler, at quarterback. They got to an NFC Championship game, although they did lose to the Green Bay Packers, who went on to win the Super Bowl. But he's starting to get to that point. If he can stay healthy this season, he's got a big chance to finally make that push and become an elite quarterback, you know, similar to, say, uh, Aaron Rodgers did last season. Aaron Rodgers was a great quarterback, but he became an elite quarterback in that run he last won. season making the Super Bowl. Right. And, and uh, it, the second half of the season did just start. So the jury for me is still out on Jay Cutler. You know, it's mm-hmm. still a long way to go. And how he performs from here on out, I'm going to judge him on that, you know, because he did start kind of shaky. And they had a good run. They won, what, two in a row? Three in a row? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they won two in a row. So I, I'm going to judge him on the second half of the season because I've seen the good cut and I've seen the bad cut. And the ugly. I've seen the good, bad, and the ugly. Uh, Monday night we got the good one. Is he going to be the good, the bad, or the ugly the rest of the season? And let's jump to the AFC if we can. The biggest game in the AFC last week was had to be, of course, the Ravens and the Steelers, the Sunday night game. The Ravens win 23-20 to after a late-game touchdown, last-second touchdown by Joe Flacco to Torrey Smith. Flacco goes for 300 yards, one TD. Roethlisberger had a good game, 330 yards, one TD. And they just couldn't get over the hump. And this, this now means the Ravens have swept the Pittsburgh Steelers. They had so much so much trouble beating this team of the last few seasons, and now they finally beat them twice in one year. And my question to you is, with the AFC North, the division that it is, the Ravens are 6-2, and two, the Steelers are 6-3, and three, but the Cincinnati Bengals are 6-2 and two also. So are you right. buying what the Bengals are doing? Are the Bengals, do they belong right up there with the Ravens? Because right now they're number one in the AFC North division. But they hadn't played these two teams. That's one thing. The Bengals have not played the Pittsburgh Steelers or the Baltimore Ravens. 
And until they beat one of those teams, I'm not. I'm not really. They're a good team, and I'm surprised they they are where they are. But until they beat one of those teams, I'm not going to consider them uh, one of the best teams out there. I think they're a good team. They have a good chance. But we've seen Cincinnati struggle in big games, you know. And until they get over that hump to me, I'm not going to really put them up there yet. Like I said, it all depends on the second half. You can start good and finish bad, and you can start bad and finish great. You know, so I, I'm Cincinnati Bengals, the Bengals, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but the Bengals, they've won five games in a row. They they come from behind and beat the Titans last week, 24-17. Andy Dalton, a rookie quarterback, is having a great season. And, and I don't know. I mean, I, like you said, they haven't played – they haven't played the Ravens. They haven't played the Steelers. Right. So they haven't played these elite teams yet. Now, they do have a matchup with them here coming up, and we're going to find out really how good this Bengals team is. But you have to commend Marvin Lewis and the job he's done in a tough AFC North division to be 6-2 and two right now in position to have full control over this division. But if they're not the top team in that division, who is? Are the Ravens or the Steelers? Who is the top well, team in that I, I, I got to give it to the Ravens, even though uh, Steelers have a better record simply because they did beat them twice. And and for Marvin Lewis, this was do or die for him. And we know right. that, uh, you know, he had to come. And, and I, the, the play of McCoy has really changed. I mean, you know, I'm sorry. Andrew Dalton has really changed the dynamics of this team. He was surprised just like Cam, you know, we knew Cam Newton was good. Good, but Andrew Dalton, we had no idea he was this good. Yeah, yeah, I agree. We're gonna find out how good this team really is. Another game I want to touch on real quick before we go to break, and that's the Giants and the Patriots. The Giants beat the Patriots, beat them in Foxborough. This is the first time the Patriots have lost a home game in 20 games, right. and the Giants again are the same team that ended their 19 and 0 run in the Super Bowl. A few years ago, they beat them 24-20 to this past Sunday. Eli Manning, again, throws a last-ending game-winning touchdown, again, this time to a tight end, not yeah, to Pensacola Bears. And what is it about the Mannings and the Patriots? It, it seems like they had the hardest time with either Eli Manning or with Peyton Manning. But what is it about these Mannings and the Patriots? Uh, that's a good question. I think they just are. I have Brady's and the Patriots' number. But having said that, great game by Eli. I mean, he put on a, a magical performance. And you can't take this Giants team for granted. They are two games ahead of the Cowboys. They are leading mm-hmm. that division. They are beating up folks that have great defense. And we obviously know there's something wrong with the Patriots uh, because they find Hainsworth. Hainsworth got to blame for that game. But even the mm-hmm. defense is not what it used to be. The offensive struggle, I think the New England Patriots are on the decline. And this, and this game was 0-0 at halftime, Royce, and they allowed the Giants to, to really just walk away with it, 24 points in the right. last two quarters. And, and I also see how the Patriots have a chance to get to the Super Bowl when their defense is playing the way that it is. And, you know, Brady goes for 342 yards, two touchdowns, good enough to win, I think, but they just – that defense cannot give up 24 points in the half, in the second half of a game and give up a lead. They give up a, a lead like that and give Eli Manning the win. Are the Patriots' right. window closing? I, I think their window is closing. They, I don't know what it is, that Belichick magic that he has, that scheme that he runs. It seems like the NFL is starting to catch up to it. It feels like it's just the magic is not there for the Patriots anymore. Well, number one, they don't have the stars that they used to have on defense. You know, they've always had stars on defense. Uh, they don't have that this year. He took a bunch of no-name guys like he normally does, you know, good draft choices maybe, but they didn't pan out, you know. Uh, but other than that, they didn't do anything for the defense this year. So that's really been their weakness. And I'm also seeing some uh, weaknesses on offense, too. Uh, the offensive line is not what it used to be. They can't, you know, no. Brady used to have a lot of time to throw the ball. He doesn't right. anymore. He's been sacked a lot the last two or three right. games. 
more than I've ever seen him sack. So uh, the offensive line is not doing their job, and he counted on a lot of no-name guys for his defense that just didn't pan out. There are no stars on that defense. You can't name two stars on a defense. Yeah, yeah, that's true. They got a lot of work to do, and, he's in, and we do broadcast, of course, every Tuesday and Thursday, same time, 10.30, right here, same place, same channel. And on Thursday's show, we get into more NFL talk and also preview week 10. Let's go ahead and take a quick break, Royce. When we come back, we'll jump into Joe Frazier, mighty Joe oh, Frazier. Yeah. We'll talk about him. He is dead, of course, at the age of 67. We will remember Joe Frazier and his career. Also, we'll get into the Penn State scandal and the NBA lockout talk. Get the latest from there. We also want to send our condolences out to the family of Heavy D. He did pass today at the age of 44. I'm a big hip-hop fan, and Heavy D is one of those guys that really started this whole thing out for me. So condolences and prayers out to his family and friends. Uh, Heavy D, again, dead at the age of 44. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, guys, we'll get right back into it. You're listening to the RF Sports Radio Show. I got up this morning late again, rushing, trying to get to the station. Didn't have time to fix coffee or breakfast or even grab a lunch. And I jumped in my car and realized, ah, I don't even have gas. I stopped by the Texaco in DeSoto on Hampton and Pleasant Run, walked in and immediately thought this can't be a gas station. And I was right. It was Maryland's Fine Foods. The the friendly staff there was able to give me a fresh-made breakfast from scratch, also a gourmet box lunch, and not to mention a tank of gas, too. I got to work and had an awesome day and then thought my family would love to have a break from fast food. So I went online to Maryland's Fine Foods and placed an order for my entire family. And you know what? When I got to DeSoto, it was hot and ready for me to pick up on my way in. Trust me, guys, you got to try Maryland's Fine Foods, located in DeSoto at Hampton Road and Pleasant Run. Give them a call at 972-274-1070. That's 972-274-1070. Or try them online at marylandsfinefoods.com. Man, smoke in the city available the now. City. Album features Flow Fly, Mayhem, Kenfo Jack, and the Grit Boys, with many, many other. Also, featuring production from super producer, none other than Big Chris. Available now at all of your favorite online retailers iTunes, Amazon, Napster, Rhapsody, Seven Digital, E Music, and every other major online retailer that you can think of. Don't wait, go pick up Smoke in the City now. It's blazing. Hi, my name is RF with the RF Sports Radio Show on Deep End Media. I have a question to all football team owners and players that participate in the sport at this level. Do you play in an amateur league or professional league? Find out the difference by visiting mpflfootball.net. Hey, this is Wally B from the Dallas Mavericks, and you listen to our sports radio. Two guys talking sports from a fan's perspective. Welcome back, everyone, to RF Sports Radio. We only got about 30 minutes left in the program, so no time to waste whatsoever. Let's get into Joe Frazier. And, Royce, you had a chance to watch this man fight live and see him come up in the ranks. If you can, talk a little bit about your experience with Joe Frazier, watching him fight, and what he meant for that time and that era as he was coming up. Rodney, boy, I tell you, this is, had to be, this was back in my youth. I was 18 years old when this fight happened back in 1970s in March. I, I was graduating out of school, and this was probably one of the bit largest sports events I've ever witnessed in my life. Uh I can remember going to the – we didn't have pay-per-view uh, just like they have today. We had to go to the agency. I remember paying twelve fifty for a ticket, and back then that was a lot, a lot of money. 
to go into any event, but I, I, nevertheless, I went to downtown Dallas Majestic Theater and saw the, the fight live by satellite. And, uh, man, I mean, it was something. Everybody in the world was watching it because it was such a big fight. What we considered was uh, the Muhammad Ali as uh, our kind of uh, black leader, and Joe mm-hmm. Frazier was considered just an ordinary guy. He, was, he wasn't as flamboyant as Ali. Ali was good-looking. He was loud. He was outspoken. He was a Muslim. You know, we had just came off the 60s. You know, they had just had the riots. Marvin Gaye had just put out what's going on. You know, uh, we had the I'm black and I'm proud thing. So we we all looked up to Ali, and most of the guys in my generation were rooting for Ali. And uh, the other half, which we considered, and, and he was, you know, Ali called him Uncle Tom. I wouldn't say he was. He was a quiet guy. He was just a family guy. He was a southern guy. He just was from a different background. And he didn't talk as much noise or was loud or flamboyant as Muhammad Ali. But what a fight, Rodney. He was the first guy ever to knock Ali out. And I tell you, I was stunned. Everybody was stunned. People listened to it on the radio was done because they was pulling for Ali and they were so sure that Ali was going to win that fight. But he didn't. I mean, it was a shocker to everybody. Yeah, and I know and, you and, heard him. I know, go ahead. I know you heard about it growing up. Yeah, of course I did. I mean, it, it, you, 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 when the time you mentioned the name Muhammad Ali, you mentioned two other guys. You mentioned, uh, you mentioned Joe Frazier. You mentioned, George Foreman. I mean, those were the heavyweight guys of that era. Of course, you know, you hear about Ken Norton as well, but those three guys were the heavyweight guys of the era. And and I think during that time period had to be one of the gold, had to be, if not the, but one of the golden ages of boxing. And boxing is nowhere like it was back then. Only time I can remember it being anywhere close to what it was, was was with Mike Tyson. But Mike Tyson didn't have that foe like Muhammad Ali, Joe Frazier, and George Foreman had. You know, they had that. They had people that were just as good as them. They had championship belts. They kind of they fought each other more often, or more or sooner than they did right now. And I think that if you think back on Joe Frazier, you have to remember number one, he's synonymous with Pennsylvania, with Philadelphia, smoking Joe Frazier, and his imprint on boxing. I think is going to last a very very long time. You know, besides myself, you know, me being in my early 30s, I think people even younger than that, once they get into boxing and want to learn about it, they're going to have to know who Joe Frazier was. And, you know, uh, this was such a big event, Rodney, that, you know, every every time they fought, it was uh, it was an entourage. People wore their best clothes. People showed up in limos. You know, people wore jewelry. You know, you saw the stars. You know, you saw the pimps. I mean, you saw people with money. You saw Rolls Royce. You know, it was who's who. And if you made, of, of the world, if you made that event, you, you know, to, just to be seen at the fight was a big deal, you know. And and uh, uh, Frazier only fought one way. You know, Ali had the moves, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. But George, I mean, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Joe Frazier only had one move. That was forward. He always led with his head. He always took could take a punch, you know what I mean? But he never gave up. He never went backwards. Not one time did I ever yeah. see him take a step backwards. He always went forward. And, you know, he made for the greatest fight. They fought three times. The first time, form, uh, I'm sorry, first time, uh, I'm sorry, I, I got choked up for a minute. First time he fought Ali, Joe Frazier fought Ali, was, uh, it, was in New York. He lost and he fought again in New York. Ali won. And the biggest one I can remember was the Thriller in Manila. Again, I had to go to theaters and watch that one. And that was a big fight. But, you know, even though Ali teased him and mocked him a lot, I think he was respecting him as a fighter. You know, he once said that uh, after he struggled with him in the, you know, in a fight, he said it was the closest thing to being dead that he's ever experienced. So that, you know, that said a lot about how the guy punched. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So he was, you know, he was a great guy. I just hate to see the way he ended his career. He, uh, 
after the fight with Ali, he went and fought George Foreman, and George Foreman knocked him down three times. And anybody in the sporting world can remember the famous words by the announcer was, down goes Frazier, you know, down goes Frazier, you know, and that was a big thing because uh, George Foreman just really knocked him out. He fought a couple of times after that, Rodney, but it wasn't the same. You know, he fought Foreman again and lost. And the last fight he fought was like in 81, and uh, it was so bad, you know, I felt sorry for him because the guy started losing memory, his speech was slurred, you know, but they each made each other, you know. Uh, he made Ali and just as much as Ali made him. Yeah, yeah. Well, we definitely send out all our prayers and condolences to Joe Frazier and his family. Uh, we're definitely thinking about you. We will continue to bring you more more as we get ready to remember Joe Frazier for not just today, but probably throughout the entire week. I mean, he was that important to sports and to everything. Well, let me tell you, right quick, you know, he won a title in, in 70. But he only kept it for four fights after, you know, he, so he didn't have it very long, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, he won in Sydney and fought four times and lost it after the four times. So he wasn't a champion real long. But he was known because he was a champion to a lot of people because the guy never quit. Yeah, they definitely quit. So definitely present condolences after his family. Let's jump into another big story. And this story is dominating not just, Sports headlines, Royce, but all across the country, CNN, your local news, wherever you can turn, you're going to find out what's going on at Penn State. I just sent out a tweet that I received from At The School of Philly, which is a blog or a website that really covers everything Penn State, and they just sent me a picture of what's happening on campus right now as we speak at Penn State. Thousands and thousands of fans have or students have gathered at uh, Penn State on Beaver Street protesting. They have two different groups, and they're trying to keep this thing down before it gets out of hand. You have a large group of people, Royce, with, you know, big supporters of, of Joe Paterno. They're out there showing with signs and, and, and everything, talking about they want to keep Joe Paterno. Then there's another large group of people that have surrounded his statue at Penn State, spitting on the statue, uh saying all kinds of derogatory things, throwing stuff at the statue, trying to pull the statue down. It is really getting out of hand or could get out of hand here quickly here at Penn State. I just sent out a tweet of that photo. You can go to our Twitter page, twitter.com slash rfsportsradio, and check and see that, that picture I just sent out from uh, at the school, Philly, who just sent it to us. And I want to get in that story next, Roy. This Penn State right. story started as, you know, a little controversy that was brewing, and then the more details start coming out, the more salacious the events came out, all stemming from Sandusky, who was the defensive coordinator long-term at Pitt, started an organization called uh, the Second Mile, which was a children's organization designed to help kids. He used his influence that he had at Penn State to get kids in, and for whatever reason, then we find out that this whole thing was pretty much something he brought up as a recruiting ground to sexually molest these young kids, and he even did so on the Penn State campus. And in my, my initial reaction, Royce, I'm just disgusted all the way around that this guy would even go to such great lengths to do something like this and then do this on the campus of a college. It's, 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 just, it's, just, it's disgusting. It's just disgusting. Well, well, you absolutely right. It disgusts me so bad. It, it, it really did. It, it just goes to show you how far the, these football programs would go to keep anything under wraps. It also reminds me of that scandal with the Catholic Church. How for years they abused these young boys, and there was never anything done about it. Uh, now, Paterno knew. I, my understanding was he did go to the authorities and tell them that's the reason why they arrested the other two guys. You know, uh, uh, but the thing is, he went back to he went back he went back and said something back in two thousand and two. Yeah, and, 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 he, and, and this, guy, and this guy was on this guy was on campus last week with a child. Yeah, I, you know, I, and I understand that, that. That's what bothers me about what And I don't know if it was a friendship thing, they didn't say anything, but if anybody knew, whether it's Paterno or anybody knew, 
They should have went to the proper authorities because whatever would happen to these boys shouldn't have never happened to anybody. And I so I do fault them for that. I respect them for going to authorities, but I don't respect the authorities for keeping it under wraps as much long as they did, you know, without saying anything or turning them in. You know, so far nine victims have came forward. We don't know how many there are out there, you know. There could be a lot more that are not going to say anything. But what happened to these kids shouldn't have happened. Anybody that knew, I blame them for not going to the proper authorities and reporting this thing. And if Paterno knew, he should go. He should go anyway. The guy is in his 80s. He's 84 years old. You know, that does, you know, he had to know something. That's my. Opinion. I mean, he definitely knew something. I mean, you had the assistant coach, right? Curry walked in on Sandusky and his and his kid in the shower. He went home and called his dad first. Didn't even report the incident. And who knows what his dad told him? I hope his dad told him the right thing. Hey, you need to go tell somebody. Right. But apparently, right. he tells Joe Paterno. Paterno turns around and tells the AD, and they sweep it under the rug. Like you know what? Ah, no big deal. We just tell him he can't bring kids back on the right. campus anymore. Right. You know, he was next in line for that job. Right. You do what you're doing. Keep molesting these kids, but just don't do it on Penn State's campus. And I think yeah. that's why heads are going to roll over this. We've already seen two people fired, two people indicted. They got an investigation going on with the grand jury testimony. And Joe Paterno, apparently, for what he has done, even though he told the authorities, he hasn't done anything legally wrong. But the question right. is, morally, did he not do enough? I don't think so. Uh, he had to know, you know, from from experience that he was, uh, I don't know how to put the word, but well, well, molesting these kids, you know. So he had to know something. And to even keep this guy around, I don't care how good he was, says a lot about you, you know what I mean. So I, I, I have lost respect for Penn State, the program, anybody affiliated with that, anybody knew anything about that. This shouldn't have happened to these kids. You know, and it, we we talking about a, a different era, too. So we don't know how, long, how far this thing goes, how long it's been going on. You know, absolutely. And, and, and like I said, for them to sweep it up under the rug, that goes to show you how how bad the state of NCAA football and the program and, re, and and these schools are far sweeping things under the rug. It's a whole lot of stuff that we probably don't know about that went on, you know, that's not reported. This shouldn't happen. It, I mean, it's, it's wrong, then profit's legal, and also disgusting. And then the other, there's always, you know, so many so many people that to blame in this whole thing. I mean, you look at the right. parents of these kids, these now they had a nice right, person come right. forward. Now, even the right. parents of these kids, this is happening since 2002. There's no right. reason why we should find out in 2011. This right. should have been brought to the forefront in 2002. If if your child tells you he something was done inappropriately, inappropriately to him by a superior person, a person that they trusted, that they let their kids go with, there is no right. way. I'm a father. You're a father as well. There is no way you let this ride from 2002 to 2011. No, no way, no way. And anybody that's there's there's no way you let that happen. There is no way you let that happen. Right, right. And for the and for the school to even know and sweep it up under the rug and keep it around as long as they had was with paternal like 30 years to keep yeah. them around as long as they I wouldn't want anybody to be around me. He's been there since right. 1967. Sandusky's been there for 30 years. And he was just on that campus last Two week. Two weeks ago. He was in yeah, the campus. Right. And, 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 you know, so somebody had to know, a close person, friend, somebody close to him, even the coach that caught it, had to know, I wouldn't want anybody like that around me, personally. What you do behind closed doors is one thing, but what you do to a child, I mean, that's just, I have no words to describe that. It's just terrible. And the thing, and we're not going to get into details here. It, it, it's dirty, and I feel bad enough even talking about. It. We're not getting any details. But <laughs> right. if you want to read the actual testimony, the grand jury testimony, log on to our website rfsportsradio.com. I posted a link to the PDF file 
that has the full testimony there. You can read it for yourself if you'd like to. And, you know, just looking at some of the details of the coming out of this and, and what's going on on campus right now, Joe Paterno, he's safe from any legal action at this point. Morally, he's wrong. And I think when we wake up tomorrow morning, he's not going to be the head coach of Penn State. He's not going to. There's no way to keep this guy. I don't know why you're waiting so long to make a decision. It is the inevitable decision. He is not going to be the coach of Penn State going into this game this coming Saturday. I don't see any way that they make this happen. It's seniors night on this game next Saturday, and they've got to go through hell right now from reporters, from right, right, you know, right. the pro that's in there. We're watching the experts come out and have a very, very emotional reaction to this. We've watched everything else go on. But, but even with Paterno, even though he's morally wrong, Royce, if Sandusky goes to jail and other people start going to jail, shouldn't Joe Paterno be right along with that at 84, knowing what he knew, not doing enough? Could he, could he be one of those people that end up in jail too? Well, I don't know so much if knowing something is more of a crime than not telling something. So I don't know how far this go or how much he knew. I, I know morally he, he is wrong. Of course, now we don't get convicted on morals, you know, all the time. <laughs> you have to do something drastic to be convicted. But uh, I, I think it put a tarnishes on his name and the program. And I wonder what going to come down from the NCAA. I wonder yeah. what what are they going to do, you know, because this is big, and and the guy should be prosecuted, you know, to the extent. And uh, I think the school should pay these guys restitution. I think they yeah. should be sued. And more pictures are starting to come in from the campus of Penn State. I'll be sending those pictures out to you guys as they come in. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash Radio, and we'll send you guys pictures as we get them sent to us from the campus of Penn State where all hell's breaking loose right right now, Royce. All hell's breaking loose. And it should. And it should. And it should. You're absolutely right. And it should. And it's, it's not over by any means. It's not over at all. Let's jump into another quick story. Uh, first, before we do, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll get into our last story of the night, the NBA lockout. Oh, uh, yeah, we've got to talk about that one. got to talk about that because we are NBA fans, and we are upset right now. You listen to the RF Sports Radio Show live on RFSportsRadio.com. What's up out there with it, world? What's up with it's it? It's your boy Chosen. Man, and I'm back in the building, you dig? And for all of y'all that haven't already done it, you know what I'm saying? Go out there and join icebreakerproductions.com right now. Support your favorite ICE artist right you now. You know what I'm saying? Get a ringtone, get a t-shirt, buy the calendar right now. You can even pick up a teddy bear. You know what I'm talking about? We got everything. Got everything. Um, Every Wednesday, y'all need to be checking out the Icebreaker Radio Show at mm-hmm. 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. 7 p.m. Well, you hear it? Icebreakerproductions.com. You know what I'm saying? Scroll down to about the middle of the page and click on the player and you got us. You know what I'm saying? And if that ain't working for you, hop on iTunes and listen to us on the podcast. I ain't tripping. You know, you can get us on anywhere. anywhere. And uh, if you really want to know what's going down at all times with Icebreaker Productions, you got to follow us on Twitter at Icebreaker Radio. And if right you're a Facebook now. lover, hit us up, Icebreaker Productions. You know right what they do. Now. And uh, for all of y'all that like them live, fresh videos, you know you can follow us on the YouTube channel, Chosen972. Right if you're now. you're feeling the old school and, you know what I'm saying, you still on MySpace, hit us up. 972, we ain't tripping. And uh, without further ado, we're going to go ahead and hop into this album, the reason that you're hearing my voice. Uh-huh. You like one of these artists, you know what I'm saying? So get your jam on, get your lean on. Yeah. And uh, I'll be back at you later on in the future with more ICE announcements. Already. from the Dallas Mavericks and you listen to our sports radio.
And we are back live, RF Sports Radio. You heard? Why did we tell you guys listen to our show? So that should tell you listen to our show each and every Tuesday and Thursday, 10.30 p.m., right here, same time, same channel. Download the show on iTunes. Go to iTunes and do a search for RF Sports Radio. You can find the show there. Go to our website, rfsportsradio.com. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash rfsportsradio. Or if you want to reach us directly, email us at rfsportsradio at gmail.com. Royce, our last story of the night, 10 minutes left to go on the program. And this story here has been going on for 132 days, 134 too many, too days. Too many days. Too many days. <laughs> Something like that. The NBA lockout, and we, as you guys that follow sports already know, there is a deadline, a hard deadline set for tomorrow, 5 p.m., close the business tomorrow, that the players have to accept a deal that gives them a 50-50 BRI. That's a basketball revenue income split of 50-50. Could go up to 51%. Gives them a little bit more of a better deal than what was on the table before. And the owners are pretty much dug in on this thing. They say, hey, you either accept this offer, you start playing ball, getting ready for the season, or we can back down to 47% and take out the other concessions that we made off the table. And the players today, 29 of the 30 teams are represented by their player reps in a meeting today. They met for several hours, came out of the meeting, and made the announcement that they will reject the deal, and that's going to put the negotiations back off. They are willing to negotiate further. They want the owners to meet with them again tomorrow. The owners say, you know what, we don't have time to do that. We're not going to do that. Either take our offer or we have to go to another route. And Roy seems like the players have made a decision not to accept this deal, and thus we do not have basketball starting anytime soon. First off, let me say, I do miss basketball. I, I, I thought maybe we'd be at a Mavic game, watch the ring celebration. Everything would be back as normal, but of course now that didn't happen. Now, being a union guy myself, I, I can understand the collective bargaining agreement. I, I understand giving up concessions. I've been there and done that. And I can remember giving up profit sharing on my job when we had to give up concessions because of the nature of the business. And I, I can understand that. And I can understand, but when a, a company comes back and tells you this is the final offer, you take it or not, guys, you have to take it. I'm going to tell you because it doesn't get any better. It it gets worse. And David Stern said that. He said after Wednesday, is it Wednesday night? The day with the deadline? It was going to go to, what, 40, 47%? With 53% yeah, percent yeah. to the owners there. Come on, guys. I mean, the way the economy is now and everybody else is having to sacrifice and give up concessions, I mean, you, you you're not hurting them. You're hurting the fans. And I'm one of those fans hurt. And you heard the people that work at the arena. Those people account on that for their they livelihood. You know, so, I mean, yeah. enough's enough. You know, 50-50 was fair. You didn't want that. 51 cent is even better. You don't want that. I mean, golly, come on, guys. I mean, it, to me, it's getting to be ridiculous. I personally wouldn't have had Derek Fisher lead me because I, I've seen some flip-flopping on him, too. <laughs> and I think they should go to the players and the players should vote. And I'm pretty sure the majority of them will want to play. But 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 this thing, I, I, I'm just getting mad, and most fans are getting mad. They're going to mess around, and it's going to take them years to gain those fans back because a lot of people are just fed up with it. Well, I'm, I'm right there with you. First of all, like you said, I miss basketball because I like to be in a Maverick game right now. I miss October 30th when – they were scheduled to play the Chicago Bulls, right. the Raiders, Raptors right. up in the air against the Rings. Right, right, right. I miss, right. I, I miss all of that right now, and I think right now the players, you, you saw 43 players all sent them together today. If you haven't seen the video, go right. to our website. I posted the video there. Right. Right. 43 players from 30 NBA teams were there. Only 29 of the player reps were there for the NBA teams, and they said they want to make up a majority of what the NBA players want to do, and I don't buy that. I do not I buy, don't that buy that one bit. It's 450 players in the NBA. What right. you had up there was less than 10% of those players. 
Some of those players are making minimum wage, no matter if you get a deal done at 50-50 or 47-53, they're still going to make a minimum salary. Guys like Brian Cardinal, for instance, is going to make a minimum salary no matter what deal you right, put together. Right, right, right. So right. you can't say and that I, you're negotiating on behalf of all 450 players because you have players that right now are unable to get their business done, i.e., I just heard an interview with Tyson Chandler on ESPN Dallas here locally, well, he said he's so mad about the lockout because now that may prevent him from being a Maverick next season because he can't get a deal done. Right, he right, can't go right, in there and negotiate right. a good deal. If they if they don't agree to these terms, the next terms are going to be even harder. They're going to be hard salary caps. And he may not have a chance to be a Maverick next year. So you cannot say that every player is on board with the decision to turn down this deal that's on the table because you have several players right now that just want to play ball. And, you know, if you ask the majority of America, nobody wants to be out on strike on any job. And that's number one. You know, and you don't hear them talk about some of the stuff that, you know, not even mentioned. I know they want, the players want all the teams to be an option for free agents. I I can understand that. You know what I mean? That that I can understand some of the things. But but taking the 51% is more than half. You know, even if it's just percent more. I mean, we talking two percent difference. That that's not much. I mean, it's a lot of money, but right, but two percent is not a lot. You know, and and guys, you have to take it. You, you're gonna lose fans. Uh, a lot of people think you're overpriced and overpaid anyway. It doesn't have to sport any. And like I said, I for one, you know, the first year the Mavericks do win a championship. Uh, you know, I was looking for them to repeat. I was looking forward to this basketball season. I mean, all these young teams coming along. It was a great season last year. If you were any kind of basketball fan, you had to love it. They were at their highest last year. And to come in so low now, man, it's really is a letdown for me. I, I'm disappointed, guys. You need to get a deal done. And David Stern doesn't play. He will. They, they, you know, he. It doesn't bother him to go on strike. He's gonna get paid anyway. So and looking I, at I it from the owner, looking for the owner side of things, the owners, uh, they're split as well too. Several owners got on the call yesterday, including one right. Michael Jordan was on the call yesterday talking about, hey, we don't even want to offer this deal that's on the table. If they take right. it, they take it fine. But if they don't, we're gonna move on. And even the players today in a which I thought was classless to do, they, uh, Billy Hunter, the the uh, head of the NBA PA, along with the president, Derek Fisher, made comments about Michael Jordan, saying that Jordan is, is surprised that he feels this way now. He should understand as being a former player. He said the same thing about, you know, when the lockout happened when he was a player, that the owners need to go ahead and, and do something different and, get the, and, and figure something out. And now as an owner... I mean, your ideas are going to change. If you own a business, you want your business to at least pay for And there's something wrong if you own an NBA team and you can't make any money. There's something wrong if Mark Cuban can sell out 10 years straight and not make a dime on the Mavericks. There's something wrong with that. That that, that is something wrong with that. You're right. And there's something wrong with these players. Uh, The guy that's leading the players, he's leading them wrong. And, it, and it's unfortunate, you know, and they've already missed a lot of games. I don't know exactly how many numbers, over 200 in games they've already, already lost. lost I think, the, I think the, the tally for money lost is already into, uh, I believe, the over the 100 million mark for the amount of dollars that's been lost is over the games that they've already missed. And we're talking about, like you said before, people that depend on them for their livelihood around yeah, the holiday yeah. season. Yeah. They don't want to be on strike. They don't want to be sitting at home. They want to be working. It just blows my mind that they would do this. And I guess you can still hold on hope that maybe they'll sit back at the table tomorrow. Maybe there'll be a meeting. Maybe they can get something done. They said they will agree to the BRI the way it is, but they want other concessions made, mainly the hard salary cap and the mid-level exception. They want the luxury tax change on the teams right, the way teams right, can right. offer players deals, go over the luxury, go over the salary cap, and still not pay such a big fine. But 
the, the owners don't want that. The owners want a hard salary cap, right. which in, in did. actuality it could make the league a better league because then you have more talent spread across more different right. teams. But, but you know, it, it, it's so much involved, and it's so far away from getting anything done. I'm just really just kind of fed up. I just want to watch basketball on a professional level. Right. And, and like I said, I'm one mad fan, and I'm pretty sure there are a lot of fans out there feel the same way we do. You know, Colin, give us your opinion, man. I, I want to hear from other people, you know, and uh, I hope this thing ends real soon. I'm with you. I hope it ends real yeah. soon. Yeah, I think so, too. But that's been our show tonight, guys. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Make sure you go to iTunes and download our show and also subscribe to the show. Check us out at rfsportsradio.com. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash rfsportsradio. Thank you guys again, and we will see you on Thursday. Same time, same channel, rfsportsradio.com. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.